Hey everyone, Jeff here, aka Scriff Dovetail. Before we get into the episode of Emergency Power Podcast today, I wanted to let you know about an exciting collaborative project that Adam and I are going to be taking part in. Dawn from Hexgrid Heroes is going to be running myself, Adam, Pan from Cosmopunk, as well as Carrie from CriticalHitCookies.com through a Horizons of the Vast adventure, and we're going to do it all live on Twitch.tv. If you want more information, you can follow our Twitter at EmergencyPWRPod or at HexGridHeroes. We've already started posting character art for the project. It looks really awesome. Some of it was drawn by Adam himself. I think you're going to like it. Check it out. Twitch.tv slash HexGridHeroes, Thursday, December 2nd at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. And now, the next chapter of Emergency Power Podcast. Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast. You've made it through another week, so sit on down and charge up with us at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, Wait, what? That sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah, we're still down there. Yeah, you guys uh, jumped in your little submarine, you put put your way to that ring thing, and uh, <laughs> got sucked into a cave or something. You couldn't even talk to your ship anymore. You couldn't talk to anybody. The only thing mm. was a beacon. So you went Where there. am I? It's so dark. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hans is pretty certain we got sucked into a giant animal and then out the other side. We were so close to that ring and then mm -hmm. we weren't. <laughs> then suddenly. Oh, yeah, you guys didn't even really have a chance to like look at the ring. You like you saw it in passing. It was like a drive-by. Right. Like, yeah, we got to get back there somehow. Indeed, but right now you guys are in a like ship that crashed at the bottom of the ocean. You climbed on board and listened to some incredibly upbeat messages from the guy who is on board there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Right? These, these recaps always seem to be just a little bit off from my recollection. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Clearly, I have a faulty memory. And just remind me, did we have any other crew members with us on this, or was it just our main party? Nope. Only you three, because that's all that could cram into that little teeny submarine that Scriff put together with the goblins. Uh, Scriff doesn't like these dark, deep places, so <laughs> let's get this over with. I want some Fair action. Enough. All righty then, the depths of the ocean draw you into its cold embrace, holding tight and never letting go. It holds on to this long dead sailor even now. A man who claimed his kind were pillagers of this peaceful world, that they caused the native inhabitants to flee. Who are these beings and where have they gone? Let's dive deeper as once again we open the tomes of emergency power to volume two, chapter six. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly Wilhelm? <laughs> that was the guy drowning. Oh. <laughs> I, I, would, I would bet you that most people do not make that sound when drowning. <laughs> <laughs> it's just garbled and underwater. <laughs> Run that through a filter and then we got it. It's like oh. those movie movie yeah. sounds that you're like, uh, that didn't match. 
like pretty sure they wouldn't have been able to do that. God, like I, I can't hear that anymore in a movie without immediately just breaking my immersion because nah. it just is so recognizable. Right? It's in everything. With, it's in everything, and apparently this ship as well. Speaking of this ship, within a sunken ship, within the light of the Hollowvid, you take in what was just relayed from 82 years in the past. In between frozen breaths, you see others' expressions, deep in thought or carefully controlled. The revelations of a dying man are not ones to be taken lightly. A tough end to a long day. I'll say. As... He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) I was more referring to, like, you guys. Like, you you had a long day of, like, eight hours in a submarine crammed together, and then you get onto this ship, it's like, finally... Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you guys are starting to feel that pull at the back of your minds, maybe behind your eyelids of sleep. Like... You guys have been up for a while, and so you kind of have a decision to make at this point. You can bed down here within Jeremiah's grave, or you can return to your small submarine craft. Uh, But unless you want to continue moving on and take levels in fatigue, which is always an option, you're probably going to have to grab some rest. How much oxygen does our submersible have? How many days worth? I think it recirculates. What we talked about, right? That's talked about it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not eternal, but it's got enough for maybe a couple days. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then we're probably better off using the oxygen supply on this vessel. If we can ascertain that the airlock will hold long enough for us for the two organics to get some sleep. Yeah, I mean, I can... it's been here for 80-something years. I'm assuming this is pretty safe versus our submarine and all the extra large creatures out there might not be as safe. All right. Although, if our submarine <laughs> gets like eaten, then we're dead, so... I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a, like, a little structural integrity analysis before we decide whether to sleep here or on the submersible. Sure. Engineering, please. Uh, that is a 24. 24? Yeah, this thing was clearly built to deal with a lot of harsh environments. Maybe not depths of this nature, but it seems to have stood up, so chances of it going down within the next eight or so hours is probably not very high. Okay. It's made it this long. We could probably (laughs) rest here. I don't see any reason why uh, it would get any worse than it already is and at least there are bunks oh, yeah that's, that sounds fine to me I'd rather not have to look at the giant mountains that swim by out All there right. so full rest those are not mountains they're just very large undersea organisms oh <laughs> I thought that was clear was that not clear well I was really hoping this planet had like moving mountains I'm not aware of a planet that has that geographical feature. There's a wow. lot of planets out there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they didn't exist. I said I wasn't aware of them. <laughs> that 
doesn't make me feel much better. Okay, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> I'll enter low power mode and monitor systems for critical failures. Let's take a long rest. Maybe it's this dead ship. Maybe it's how exhausted you all are. But all of you are thrown into fitful sleep. Even 5e's randomly generated experiences are troubling. As you pass into REM sleep, or RAM sleep, as it might be, <laughs> there is a... Yes, man. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Robot jokes. There is a distinct change from the dreams you've experienced before. Scriff, you are in the kitchen of your family home. Your sister is staring you down, and you recognize the expression on her face. It looks of frustration, sadness, and hurt. The same feelings wash over you as if you had stepped back to that very moment in time, that moment you spoke to Uzi of, in which you said things that should not have been said when you meant to leave the family behind. In a tone of such sadness, she says, you can't leave. You're trapped here. We are trapped here together in this system. As if stabbed by sorrow, you are dragged into an endless depression from which you know, without question, you will never emerge. Pawns. The same type of suspension tube that holds Naren's surrounds you now. You float weightlessly as you stare out into a reflected facsimile of your mentor's office. A mind of great strength contacts you the neural identifiers feel of Naren's himself. I've done all I can do to hold them back, but my power is nearing its end. If we don't draw together our minds, every system will suffer this fate. Will you join me in understanding and set things right? In R5E, before you, the field of dead grass and burnt trees. The figure stretching their arms in pain or reverence to the deep crimson sky. As before, they turn slowly to face you. You clasp reflexively to maintain grip on the diamond flower that is no longer there. Their hands slowly lower as they turn to face you. Their triangular head inlaid with three eyes takes in everything at once. And from its two slit mouths comes a barely audible whisper. With your protection, Triune's dominance will be thwarted. But without you, I am lost forever. Please, I beg you, find me. 
ponds, Scriff, you awaken in a cold sweat just in time to hear one word come from 5e before he too stirs. My runny. Did he just say irony? Your runny what? <laughs> did he say what macaroni? Did he say? What did he say? Macaroni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to understand. <laughs> this is going so well already. I was given a phonetic pronunciation and I did my best to follow it. Maybe it was a name. This is possibly a name. I don't look over at the script and like, did what did he just say? You said something. My my Ron my Roni my Rani. Five is going to back up his own audio re- internal audio recordings <laughs> and replay just like the last ten seconds. And go, my Ronnie. Strange. This sounds extremely familiar to you, and you're almost entirely sure that it is, in fact, a name. Hmm. Anyone else have some, like, really trippy dreams? Like, like, that actually felt real? Yes, I had a dream about a time when I was with my Sesita Nima, but she said things that were different than I recall... She spoke of this planet. That's weird. What if there's like ghosts aboard or something? She said, you can't leave. You're trapped here. My neurovisual memory dump displayed the same image that I experienced before. However, it is altered this time. Another entity was present. One with a triangular head and three eyes. And two mouth apertures. So Adam. Yep. He said... In my dream, something's coming? That's the gist I got of, of it. Or like something is, we have to join together or something will be overtaken? Yeah, something, something along those lines, yeah. Oh man. All right, we're gonna keep it really vague. That's, Pons is just really confused right now. I don't know. Does Pons share the contents of their dream with the rest of the group? Uh, yeah, my, my, my dream was really strange. I, um, uh, I I was in one of those floaty black vats that they grow organisms in in my dream, and I was talking to um to my original as I was getting I think I was getting grown, and he told us that something was coming or we needed to stop something by grouping together. I I don't understand. What do you mean, your original? Oh, when. I was back on my home planet. Uh, we we were cloned. You're a clone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many of there are you? I mean, just one of him. And that's usually how we're kind of made. Is this normal for your species? You Instead of procreating, you clone each other? Oh, yeah. We don't even have that capability anymore. Fascinating. I want to talk about more about this, but perhaps not at this very moment. Uh, go on. What? Oh, about... Um, I mean, that was kind of the end of the dream. It, it ended pretty quickly, but he seemed to be referring to us. Or he could have been referring to the home planet, but I don't know if that would make sense. Do you have a a link with them? 
is there or is there a limit to your your I know you have mental capabilities like I don't know, let me try. I, I'm gonna try to link back to him. Never tried that. As you reach out, you feel this feeling of like almost being able to do it, but you somehow can't. It's it's a vast distance and who knows exactly how vast because you're not even sure where exactly you are mm -hmm. but it feels like potentially it could work but it's just not mm, I don't think I can do it I wonder if there's a way to hook my brain into a satellite or something I might actually be able to we have one of those that would be really cool <laughs> Scriff just got an idea for their next project when we get back we're gonna oh build, boy, we're veering into mad scientist we're, we're zone here. Build Cerebro up in yes. here. Yes. Project your brain waves through space and who knows, perhaps even time itself. Yes. That sounds amazing. From okay. the outside of the ship, a place of crushing death, the conversation is broken by a sudden and startling noise. Boom. 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 A Come pounding. in on the hull of the ship. <laughs> you say, come in. Come in. 5e, 5e will attempt to move toward a window port if there are any built into the ship and see if he can discern the source of the noise. The only one is nose down into the ground. Uh, well, that's less helpful. After a few minutes... Pawns can sense thoughts. Boom. boom. Yeah, let's see if I have anything that would help me in this scenario. You literally have, like, blind sight, don't you? I do have blind or sight. Blind, blind sense for thought. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, we can pop me in the airlock and I'll say hello. Yeah, worst case, it's thought is food. Sorry, no solicitors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're trying to sleep in here! <laughs> uh, 30 feet psychic sense. Um, can I sense any thoughts? You can feel on the other side of this hull... Three beings. Oh. Three minds. Uh, their, their numbers are the same as ours. Can't really tell how big they are, though. Judging by the knocking, this isn't good. And this is coming from fully outside of this, correct? Yeah, on the outside of the hole. I'll go check the airlock. I will accompany you. You climb into the airlock, cycle it and begin to open the airlock door. Uh, I am going to need fortitude saves from yep. the crushing depths. Why? Because we're we're putting ourselves into the uh, low um, deep sea go, pressures. I didn't go into the airlock. That's not what I said. I, I would have gone in there and I've, I've rolled a natural 20 on the fortitude save, so you can just do it to me. 5e moves into the airlock, cycles it, water fills up, and opens the door. Okay, and that's nine damage from this crushing oh. thing, unless you save. So, oh, a nat okay. 20 is definitely going to save. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, four. As you look out of the airlock, you see three beings... At first, they appear as balls of brightly colored spike in the murky light. The more you look, the more you can see that they possess a humanoid torso 
with a long streaming tail out from the abdomen. Two arms stretch out into the water with protruding fins. They have hands, but it's clear that the arms are mainly meant for navigation. From their backs, like shredded wings, are near 20 long translucent spines with thin tapering skin on each one. From their androgynous face, two malleable horns stream from their eyebrows just above their deep black eyes, and small spines like whiskers jut from their cheeks. Between their stripes, they glow brilliant bioluminescent colors in the darkness. Teal, lime, fuchsia, the juxtaposition to the surroundings is incredibly stark. Upon seeing you, the glow vanishes from two of them, and they fade into the darkness in a rush of movement. One, however, remains, their intense eyes never deviating from you. Alright, 5e is going to swim toward the submarine and get inside, hopefully being able to use whatever limited form of onboard communication we have to speak with this thing. Um, could I attempt a life science check to see if I can discern what type of organisms these are? Sure. Uh, 11. Probably not good enough to discern any more info. No, they appear very fish-like, but they have a lot of those elements, but they also have a humanoid torso, so they're very strange. Uh, one way to visualize it was <laughs> bringing up another fantasy creature. You guys more or less know what Naga look like, right? Like yeah. snake bottom, human yeah. torso. Uh -huh. Like imagine that, but fin coming off the bottom and then a mm. bunch of spines coming out. Okay. That's pretty trippy. Um, I'll route my audio output through whatever speaker system we might have installed on the submarine. Is uh, 5e within 30 feet of me? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to him telepathically. I mean, we have a comms unit, so I guess I could use either of those. Either way. Either one. Uh, what, what did you see out there? Some sort of aquatic organism. It is difficult to describe. Uh, partially serpentine in nature, but also somewhat resembling a coral structure or perhaps a lionfish. I would estimate that it is roughly the size of a humanoid. Oh, that's not too bad. They look friendly? They do not appear to be aggressive. Two of them have retreated, but one is still standing here. I am attempting to make contact. Okay, let us know if you find anything. I'll flick on the audio output and blast out. This is Robotic Caretaker Unit NR5E. Please state your intentions. So you blast this out into the water, and it hits them almost like a physical force. <laughs> it's like... And they recoil back a little bit, but they still don't retreat. In fact, they cautiously swim a little closer, and they get to the point where they're within about 20 feet 5e, give me a will save as you're hit by a sudden stab like a migraine. Odd. That's a 15. 15 does save. So 
you take a whopping two mental damage as the one in front of you spins around in a whirl, turning their back on you. Their spines splay and vibrate rapidly, spreading their arms to the side as bright colors radiate almost blindingly. A baritone note passes through the water with strong enough vibration that you actually feel it in the small submarine. They turn back around to face you and wait as if hesitant to approach more. Why don't you go ahead and give me a sense motive and also take a mysticism if you have it. Uh, I don't, but it doesn't matter because my sense motive was a 29. All right. As alien as these creatures are to you, you can tell that this one in front of you seems to be expressing remorse. The way that it turned, it seemed like almost a show of strength that might have been akin to like a melodic yell, a reprimand even. Hmm. Let me try readjusting the volume of the audio output that I'm using, um, because it seems like that disturbed them, and try to bring it down to a a lower decibel level where hopefully I can communicate without harming them. Are you able to communicate in galactic common? It doesn't wince back like it did before. It just kind of tilts its head, and the spines shift around a bit, and the colors shift. With that sense motive... You think it understands that you're trying to communicate, but it doesn't understand what. I have I have shared language as well as the with the telepathic capability. If I'm aware of them, I could basically just communicate with them as needed. That actually, and it seems like that's an ability I would know that you have because you've kind of done similar stuff before. So let me come back to Scriff and, and Pons and tell them these beings appear to be attempting to communicate with me but they cannot understand spoken language. Pons, is there a chance that you can interpret? That spell requires touch, by the way. Does it? Uh, Do I have to maintain touch, or is it just... It's just a touch. That's really weird. Okay. Um, Ooh, that's a little scary, actually. It's okay. Go touch the creepy angler fish. Yeah, there Mm -hmm. we go. I want to go poke the lionfish. That was always a smart (laughs) idea. All right, all right. Pons is going to... Pull up his pants. Let's go. All of two inches. Yep, yep. Okay, out of the airlock. I'll, I'll go through the airlock as well, but I'm going into the submersible. Okay. okay uh, saving throw, right? Yes. Okay. On both of you. Oh, okay, that was a natural one. Does this Ooh. count? This does this count as withstanding the effects of thick atmosphere? State your case. I have the toughness feat. Yeah, it says. Huh. Bonus to fortitude saves to avoid taking damage from hot or cold environments to withstand the harmful effects of thick and thin atmospheres, to avoid choking when breathing in heavy smoke, and to avoid fatigue caused by sleep deprivation. I'll take it. Okay. That's 14. Scriff, you save. Pawns, you fail. Yeah. And that is a total of five damage. I rolled real low, so as you get out there, you just feel the weight of the ocean just press down on you. Scriff immediately jets straight to the submarine. Pawns, what do you do? Uh, I, I kind of poke out through the window or wherever I can see them for a second. I take a double glance and then uh, that's that's the thing I have to talk to, 5e. 
That is correct. Okay. All right. Here we go. Kind of wave at it. Roll <laughs> <laughs> hand. That's reassuring. Uh, hello. I'm just gonna poke you now. That's how most alien encounters start. I think. A light probing. Uh, yeah, I'll tell it in like just ca- or mm, you know I have a few languages. I need to take a whole lot more languages because I keep forgetting to do that. But for right now, I'll just say in common, I'm gonna go and touch you, and then I'm gonna swim up to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you say that telepathically. Yeah. As you say this telepathically, they reel back as if they'd been slapped across the face. And their eyes go wide. And I just kind of like point, like like trying to swim really slowly, hesitantly, with a finger pointing forwards towards them. Like, just wanted to poke them. Uh, this is such an amazing <laughs> mental image of this like big fish thing, and then a brain just slowly moving through the water with like one little finger out in front. Uh, yeah, it's like ET. Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how do I get them to not be insulted? Hold on. How do, what languages do I speak here? Uh, uh, that's, that looks like a Keto, but that's not right. Uh, Akatonian, Goblin, Vesk. Can I, I'll just, I'll say, like, I want to touch you, but in all these languages. <laughs> hey, baby, what's your sign? <laughs> Okay, hold on, let me... Wait, I have to touch you! (laughs) As you slowly move forward, their eyes just follow you intently until it gets to the point where you're right there. And they clearly don't know what you're trying to do, but they probably just don't feel super threatened at the moment. But that's good. Like you can't tell for sure. Yeah, I'm just in this like pinstripe suit that's just wrinkled and like sucked onto my super skinny body that's getting crushed right now, barely surviving. Probably just look like some seaweed. You go up and touch them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and I'll cast shared language. Uh, I need to get into the submarine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you do. I, I'll be like, I'll, I, I got to swim away, but uh, I'll. I want to talk to you guys in a second as I, like, swim into the submarine. As you swim back, they're just kind of, like, cringing (laughs) as you say things. Yes, that's not too surprising. You get back and get into the submarine and just feel the weight come off of you. Um, Can I speak through the comm system? Like, does that work, or do I have to keep telepathy? Well, from what 5e tried it goes through the water so hard to say whether or not they can interpret that or not like okay it's a weird thing okay well i feel like at this point i should probably be letting like scriff talk to them so could i do like a transmission type thing where i'm relaying and then speaking yeah sure yeah because i don't think this is going to go well after that awkward interaction with for me (laughs) so let's see if i can't let scriff maybe talk to them Talk, talk to them, okay? Uh, hello. We mean you no harm. They look at you, and there's a sense of comprehension there, and they slowly approach again. They come up to a point where they're within arm's reach of the submarine, 
and they stare through the shielding at you. They raise one hand and put it on the glass as they look in. Their eyes tend to stray over to pawns. I apologize for our separation, but we cannot breathe in the water. There is too much pressure and not enough gaseous oxygen. You can see that they're trying to not wince and trying not reel back. You can tell that this, how this is working is somehow ill affecting them. Really? Do they, hmm. uh, I, I want to look a little closer at them. Do they communicate via the bioluminescence on their bodies? Give me life signs. I don't have that. Somebody give me life signs. Anybody. <laughs> I'll try again. 25 this time. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll help on that. Okay. Yeah, 17. From what you're witnessing, they seem to have a intertwined type of communication that involves the movement of the spines on their backs and the vibration, as well as the luminescence. And from what 5e saw earlier, or heard, I should say, there's also some sort of sound component to it. Oh, jeez. Okay, so that makes it really awkward to communicate. Three layers of communication. One physiosomatic, one audio-vibratory, and one bioluminescent. I do not know how we will be able to approximate that language. Well, with the with shared language, shouldn't they be able... They That also lets them communicate in our language, doesn't it? It does, the target but... Can, the target can read, understand, and communicate... It lacks a means of speech. It still can't talk. But you, you have telepathy. Yeah. So if this is all happening through happening through telepathy. Normal creatures have no language to understand. Have no language to understand. I'm physically capable. Go Play ahead this. and roll mysticism. Okay. Um, I think I just ranked that up. And okay, that was another nat one with a plus nine. And I roll mysticism. Do you have mysticism? I do. Really? Huh. Yeah. Scriff has it for other reasons. Hmm. That's ominous. <laughs> Scriff has it because sometimes crafting things requires a knowledge of mysticism. I got uh, a 21. Okay. 21. Yeah, you're kind of tied into this link with pawns and this telepathic communication. You're sending out communication but despite the fact that usually with this type of telepathy you can receive as well, you're not getting anything back at all. Maybe they don't have like a normal brain. I don't know. Perhaps they're not intelligent enough? I don't mean that as an offense, but... <laughs> I mean, you, you can't just teach common to a uh, squawks it, it will understand you but it won't be able to speak back and they're actually like a fish they just have like a weird torso they slowly back away and a deep song makes its way into your vessel you can hear it through the walls of the ship it's solemn and sad but somewhere in there there's a twinge of hope 
After about 10 feet or so, it turns and waits. Their natural illumination heightens, and then they move forward a bit, stop, turn, mm-hmm. and then start moving again, Five as if a beacon. Is everyone in the, sh- in the submersible now? I'm in it. Yes. Okay. Perhaps we should follow them. It seems like they are guiding us somewhere. Richard, are you on piloting? Oh, yeah, I do. You want to give me a piloting check? Uh, 17. They lead you on for nearly an hour at this right angle from the direction you originally came. Along the bottom of the sea, you pass all manner of odd-looking creatures. They have the appearance of fish, crustacean, eels, but they are all unknown and very exotic. They have a strange calm around one another. Eventually, you crest an undersea hill and look down into a gorge. Unlike the darkness of the sea, you see an immediate pervasive magenta glow. Spires of coral rise in dazzling spikes and spirals, cascading into blooming sea anemone. Its numerous colors are stunning, as if a painter had ever so elegantly brushed them into a landscape portrait for all the galaxy to see. Millions of creatures swim alongside these coral walls. Schools of fish rush in shifting patterns. Amidst all the life, you see others like the one you've been following. You are brought up to the very edge, the very precipice of this coral forest. And as you arrive, it becomes very clear that you've been noticed. As not only do all of this species stop moving to stare, so too does all the other movement. A whole oceanic city come to a sudden and total halt. Your guide turns and puts out their arm as a clear sign to stop proceeding. Behind the guide, you can see that there are some of these creatures gathering up younglings and taking them away down into the coral city, while others with pointed shell gauntlets move forward to create a barrier. A cacophony of discordant noise rumbles the sub as a hundred songs cry out in anger and fear and confusion of this strange object. The guide turns again and faces their own people, arms still outstretched. Their spines quiver as they glow fiercely. A sudden song, strong with rumbling bass, rings out. A path is made as one of these creatures 
is pulled along by another into the gap of what is essentially a battle line. Mm. The tower swims away in clear reverence of one who is old and wise and powerful. You can just see by the way they move. A conversation is held in song and vibration and light between the guide and the apparent elder. And there's a sudden uproar from the crowd before it is brought into silence by the Reverend One. The guide moves forward and gathers up the older being and brings them to the submarine. Just outside of the window, they point directly at pawns. Are you in trouble? Oh, what did I do? Oh no. You can take him. Just let us go. <laughs> Throw my hands up. No. <laughs> I'm not that tasty. Jeez, uh, what did we do? I have some ideas. So current theory is that these are the beings that used to run this planet. And yeah. they're the ones that like drew all the waters away with that ring. Drew the, the waters away. Yeah. Yeah, the there were the there was a note in the logs about how um land masses became. This exposed. was a water world before oh. we arrived, according to those logs. So yeah, they, the desert was full I'm okay. pretty sure that, that that brass looking ring that we found is like a, a vacuum pump. that su- it pumps the water out yeah. and, and keeps it lo- the water levels low throughout the planet. Huh. Or something to that effect. Yeah, I wonder how it does that. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, so they haven't seen something like us in 80 years, which also kind of begs the question of what is their lifespan? Maybe only the elders really know, or maybe it's just history passed down. I think they remember. I think seems, that's seems why like they remember. That's why they're apprehensive is they've been in hiding down here. They they said to hell with it. We're going to you guys can have the surface. We don't need it. We're going to go deeper. Yeah. But we're and taking know, we're taking the good water with us. And, and they know that the last time that people like us showed up, everything went to hell. And yeah, they know that exactly. the, last the last time that uh, offworlders showed up, they ravaged our planet. So they're just leading us to our death. Got it. Uh, that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> talk our way out of this one. The elder affixes their eyes full on you, pawns, and the color drains entirely from them as they turn pale white, and from their eyes burn a vibrant purple. Pawns, I'm going to need a will save from you, buddy. No! Oh, as the same coloring starts to overtake your eyes. 25. I start blasting. Oh, no. <laughs> you just put holes in the No, shell. puns! <laughs> He's turning! Get him! No. 25. No, no, Bonds. no. A proverbial ocean of information floods your mind. It's oh. overwhelming in the extreme and you are on the verge of blacking out, and only for your own mental shielding 
do you manage to keep afloat? Nice. In an instant, you feel an entire language with the understanding of all of its social minutia and structure burst fully formed into your mind. That's so cool. Oh, that's sick. Okay. And you can add the Oleron language to your character sheet. Sweet. Yeah, can I turn bioluminescent now? <laughs> Ooh, I want an upload. Yeah, 5e can actually become luminescent. What 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 language was it? Uh, Oleron. Oleron. Is that on the main sheet? Do I need to manually add it? Uh, no, that this is going to be a... Custom boy. Okay. That's a custom boy right there. You ain't going to get that from anywhere else. All right, added. Awesome. The elders' colors return as they slowly turn to face the guide. There is again a complete lack of movement from everything. The guide bows their head as again the elder turns pale. The younger one shudders violently for nearly a minute before they stop. Do we know what they're saying? Does Pawns know what they're saying? I'm so excited. <laughs> this is crazy. Hold your horses. Okay, okay. But, but, uh, okay. The older of the two lists sideways as the crowd swells slowly forward. This mass of sea animals moving straight towards all of you. The elder, now lifeless, is passed from person to person along thousands of spines disappearing into the city. What? Wait, so he sacrificed himself to to teach Hans his language? Mysticism roll. Okay, the other thing. Can I mind link to the other two people to teach them this language without killing myself? Uh, You could use your shared language on them. Oh, that's true. No, I, but I have that like instantaneous mass download ability as well. It's just a touch. Although it sounds like it's a bad idea. What that is, it's like you can download a bunch of information into somebody, but it yeah. doesn't mean they'll necessarily understand all to of teach it, it and comprehend it. Yeah, you won't. Okay. It won't be like what just happened to you. Yeah. It's so, it, it sounded very similar, but that makes sense. It has some similarities to be sure. Oh, that's okay. why I'm having you guys roll mysticism. 17. Seven. Yeah, because you have a similar spell, it occurs to you that what happened was basically a mass version of your spell. It seems like they transferred literally everything. Wow. That's... Wait, do I have any of its memories now? Didn't transfer it to you. Oh. They turned to the guide, and then this happened. Okay. Yeah. There is a palpable shift in the dynamics of this situation. All of the respect and reverence that had been given to this elder is now firmly and unquestionably directed at the one who was your guide. Whatever just transpired, your guide has ascended in rank. He's got a promotion for finding some infidels. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, uh, quick question: Are you doing the shared language thing, or are you holding off on that pawns? Well, with the yeah, I, I'll. Mm, I have to cast it twice. I think I can do uh, it. Yeah, it targets one creature. It lasts for twenty-four hours, though. I have. It's only a first level, and I'm hoping there's no combat. So I'll go ahead and do that then. Yes. Cool. They float over the submarine and look inside as a quiet song resonates. And because of the shared language, you can all interpret what's going on with the sound, the lights, the vibrations. Again, they look to you, pawns. Round one. Can you witness this one song? Do you understand it? Yes, we 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 understand. Okay. Uh, are you saying it? Are you thinking it? How are you communicating this? Ah, uh, that's. I mean, I can't flash lights. Can I sing it? Uh, yes, you can try. Give me. Um, I think cultural is going to be the most appropriate thing. All right. Not what I expected to have to do today, but all right, twelve. Scrip is going to start messing with a uh, cat on his data pad and and uh, programming in the necessary commands to make the light patterns. That's cool. Nice. Very good. Okay, what'd you get there, Pons? Uh, yeah, it was a 12. 12? Not that great. Plus 8 and it's a 12. So, cat, you lift it up to the screen as Pons' voice sings out in a devastating screech like nails on a chalkboard Oh no! <laughs> as he waves his arms in what look almost like nonsensical <laughs> ways. Scriff, your ears try to fold back in on themselves. Oh no. And, and 5e's noise gate just like kicks in, just like filters out what's going on. Like my, like I know the language, but my accent's all messed up. <laughs> Despite all oh. of that, it still seems like they understand what's going on. This is perfect. This is my favorite way that could have gone down. It's amazing. <laughs> they ask you again in their language, do you hail from the skies as them who came four generations ago? Or do you come, they pause for a second, as they who came 14 generations ago through the fissure of worlds. 14? That's a longer timeline than I have any recognition of. Uh, unless their timeline's really short, actually. Or their lifespan. Um, I don't know how to answer that. Any idea what the second timeline would be about? We can just answer truthfully. I think that would be wise. Okay. We're 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 first generation. <laughs> fresh, fresh off the boat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. That's an answer. Tell me exactly what you say, please. You want me to to be saying? Okay. We should convey to them that we just got here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but we do hail from space, right? Like like that's yeah, what they we, ask we that. Can... Uh, you could you could say that. I think yeah, we hail from the skies, but not four uh -huh. generations ago. Just okay. now. Yeah. Uh, I tell them we 
have just arrived recently and have had no prior knowledge of this place before getting swept here. They don't seem to understand what you meant by swept. Yeah. Like, <laughs> were you swept from the sky to the uh, ocean? Like, they don't they don't know what you're talking uh, about. We, we came from, yeah, as I'm not super good in this terminology side, like out of character. Is it different galaxy, are we assuming? Or how, how do I, I don't use... think it's a different galaxy. I think it's just a different star system. Okay. Okay, so then I'll... I'll communicate that yeah, uh, we came from space. Uh, it seems like a different star system. And what would be the actual occurrence as far as how we wormhole just... And that's the best I can describe. <laughs> wormhole. <laughs> we got zooped by a wormhole, guys. Yeah. yeah. So they, they nod... Whether they understand exactly what you said or not is debatable. They continue to stare at you, Pawn, and they say, You who bear the giver's gift, have you come to reclaim it? Or have you come in search of that which makes you whole? Uh, the bearer's gift. It, are, were they talking to Pawns? They were talking right at pawns. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, okay. I feel like either way I answer, it's a little bit ambiguous to myself. So I will just go ahead and choose one. Um, I have come here to make myself whole. They nod in understanding. We beg of you. Will you venture with us to the cavern of truth? The truth must be told. That cannot be sung. I, I feel like I literally just hit like a dialogue on the text box and then I am going to hit like accept adventure right afterwards. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. <laughs> do, like, do I get skip, honor skip, points skip, for skip, this? Because uh -huh. I need honor points. <laughs> yeah, how much exact XP and gold is this mission worth? Uh, I don't know. Sounds pretty risky. I need you to find 20 chickens. I want you to kill me <laughs> six nomus. <laughs> Which is very difficult to find on this world. Oh, I've killed 100 chickens but found only three chicken spleens. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, we, we do seek the truth, so I will journey with you if that is what you request they turn from you guys and in their language they call out to other elders to join them and allow everyone else to return back to their lives this is now being handled don't worry about it okay what's being handled our situation <laughs> yeah the whole the you us. thing yeah <laughs> The whole us being here. Mm -hmm. that, that, like, deal. Mm -hmm. They turn, swim back over to you, put both hands in front of them and gesture towards the submarine, and they cast Life Bubble on the three of you. Oh, cool. Nice. That's All really right. All I can think is, like, oh, at least someone had that. <laughs> I wish I had that spell. Yeah. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, well. Don't we all? <laughs> and they this speak so to you. Good. Please leave your shell behind and join us. It's good. It's none of us are crap based. Yes, right. or turtles. I leave mm -hmm. the submarine. Yeah, I'll go out as well. <laughs> okay. I'll follow. This time, no chucks. You're oh safe. Life okay. Bubble is one of the most amazing spells in all of Starfinder. It's super OP. Pretty good. It's it's good. They begin to lead you down into this coral city. You get to see parts of the lives of these creatures as you swim ever down. They do seem highly intelligent. They have different people doing different jobs, deboning fish and all They're of cannibals. these. They're cannibals. <laughs> have you ever seen what fish do? They eat uh, fish. Yeah. As you continue down, the light begins to fade and it's it's above you now as you continue down into this dark and you're following behind these five elders. I think we all have dark vision. Yes. Down and down and down until eventually come to a stop. So you're left into the very wall of the earth. You see a dark cavern. You begin to swim in and from a fairly small opening, it begins to widen. You can see illuminated by these creatures are scrawlings on the wall, and they go to the center and form a ring. Your guide turns to you. The story we will tell is the story of our people. And from their hands, this glowing liquid comes out, this bright green. And they all begin to move in these rhythmic ways, drawing spirals and swirls. And they create this massive dome around them. Because you can understand this language, as they move, it begins to tell a story in your mind. It harkens back many generations. The first and most important thing, they witnessed from the sky a massive ring crash down into the water. It opened a portal to another world, and through it, past a being of immeasurable power. The being offered knowledge to the Oleron people. Knowledge not just of other worlds, but other star systems and galaxies and planes. All of this knowledge was given to them through telepathy. Well, they could not fathom what that meant at the time. From then on, they began to put all their efforts into gaining this ability as well. And what you guys know from your knowledge outside of this system, and particularly you pawns very familiar with telepathy, 
is it seems what they were able to accomplish was achieve a flawed version that only allows transfer of knowledge in one direction. Mm. And when the sender has sent that knowledge, it is lost to them forever. Ah, that's like really intense storytelling. So they began to pass knowledge from one elder to the next generation. So this guide that brought you here, you witnessed the knowledge from a past generation moving to the next. And because suddenly they had the knowledge of all of these elders back in time, they became the next elder in line. When this knowledge was being imparted, this powerful being was caught off guard by the most massive beast of the oceans. And an arm was lost in the struggle. Having been attacked and damaged, this being retreated through what they call the Fissure of Worlds. You put together that the Fissure of Worlds is the ring itself. Shortly thereafter, the massive beast went to the gate and collapsed down over it, sealing the ring. The creature being stone-like in nature has caverns that run through it. These are places where currents began to flow through the ring and through this creature. I was right. Yes. Oh, I was right. Oh my gosh. Oh, Big I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> you were indeed correct. You guys threw out a lot of thoughts on how this might work, and some of them were very close, and I, like, in the moment, really, really wanted to be like... <laughs> but I couldn't. <laughs> it then continues forward, and it shows that they tried to communicate with the outworlders that came a few generations ago. But communication breakdown happened almost immediately. The outworlders began to take more than they said, more than could be given. And the Oloron retreated down into these deep ravines and caverns and waited until these beings from the sky came no more. And as the story ends, and this inky substance begins to fade into darkness. The one who was your guide comes up before you, says, that which you have lost remains within the stomach of the beast. And we'll see you in the next chapter, baby. Mm. Oh my <sighs> okay. gosh. Oh my gosh. In the belly of the beast. Under the sea. <laughs> Under the sea. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song Triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com. 
and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com. As well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.